fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market laissez-faire capitalist society allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Hey, welcome into The Voice of Reason. It is a Wednesday, the middle of the week already. I literally woke up this morning thinking it was like Monday or Tuesday. The fact that we're halfway through the week already, good golly, where has the time gone? Welcome into the show. We have a heck of a program lined up for you today. It's odd, but no guests today. We did have a guest, Krisha Lenzo. She's with Harvard in Technology. And she usually comes on, talks about the stock market, talks about the economy. We talk inflation. We talk a whole bunch of that. She can't make it today, not feeling well, a little bit under the weather. So no worries. We'll get her back on the program again soon. So, hey, it's you and I shitting the chats, doing the thing like we do every single day. And we're going to have some fun with it because there is a lot to talk about. We have the latest news out of uh, Elon Musk and Twitter. We'll get to that here in a little bit. It's it's big news, but it's not big news. It's interesting, but it's not interesting. And some are like, Andy, I don't care. I don't have a Twitter account. And for you, totally understand. Others are like, I've been battling Twitter all the time. Is this going to get better? And we're like, maybe, hopefully, who knows? He did come out with a statement saying that he is not just going to be a passive majority owner of Twitter, but he is going to be an actually active member of the board. He has been introduced to the board. The board has welcomed him, quote unquote, with open arms. We'll see how well that works. So we'll get to that in a little bit. We also have Kamala Harris, who is desperate right now to try and win over the popular vote right now because Joe Biden is crashing and burning so badly that Democrats don't have a choice. They can't boot her out right now. They can't keep Joe Biden in. So the only option that they have is try and boost her approval rating just a little bit in order for her to finally, finally, after an entire year and a half year right now where they've hoped for her to be able to, oops, I accidentally bumped into you as you were tying your shoe at the top of the stairs and therefore you can't be president any longer and now I can take over and do my thing. They've been waiting for the moment to do that, but they haven't pulled the trigger on it yet because she's so unpopular that right now it's been better just to keep Joe Biden in. So where are the Democrats at and uh, how long is it going to be before they actually try to do that transition? We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. First and foremost, I was on a virtual Zoom call today Uh, as a media uh, personality or a media individual with my senator. He's been a rock star senator across the nation of Senator Roger Marshall here in the state of Kansas. You see him on Fox News all the time. He's kind of killing it all over the place. He called out Fauci with along with uh, Rand Paul. He's on the Ag Committee, which for some of them, I don't really care about agriculture, but it is really important because there is a new uh, perspective that we need to have on this Russia-Ukrainian issue. And since the beginning of this, the very first issue that we've had has been about oil and energy. Obviously, Russia being one of the biggest producers of oil and energy in the nation. And they are one of the biggest exporters in the glo- on the globe. We have OPEC that gets a vast majority of their oil from Russia. Europe is completely dependent on Russian oil. You would think that's a little bit off, though, because you have Saudi Arabia and so many other places in the Middle East that would have oil as well. But Russia, major producer. We had some, 6 to 9% of our imported oil came from Russia, which it's slowly going away now that we've banned it because of the war where we've banned oil and natural gas and coal being imported into the United States. Don't need to, but apparently we are. So that was interesting. That's been the big focal point 
is first off, is Ukraine okay? And why are we destroying like long-term care facilities and maternity wards in Ukraine? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a guy who's supposedly going in and cleaning up a corrupt government and giving them their freedom back when he's really going in and destroying like farms and personal buildings and long-term care facilities and maternity wards. Then you're like, well, maybe he is committing like crimes against humanity. That's kind of interesting. Uh, so the perspective has definitely changed on that front a little bit for those that were skeptical about what was going on over in Ukraine with Russia. But there's another aspect to this that no one has talked about as much as at least needs to be talked about. And that's what the conference call was on today with uh, U.S. Senator Roger Marshall and some of the media. And there was, I don't know, 20, 30 different media outlets on there. I was on there as well uh, to represent the radio station here. That's my flagship radio station. And it was a fascinating conversation. Because this is something that uh, we're seeing gas prices increase. And that was from a 6 to 9% of Russian oil being imported into the U.S. And Joe Biden trying to claim that the war going on with Russia and the sanctions that we put on with Russia are largely due to the fact that we've banned that stuff and therefore gas prices are going to go up. It's not true. It's a complete farce and a lie. If you want more information about it, I wrote about that for my uh, my monthly blog that is also a published piece with OpsLens right now, which you can go to OpsLens.com and read that entire piece, or my website at HoosierReason.com and read my blog there as well. Uh, but we break that down on why that's a complete load of crap and how that's not true in any way, shape, or form. You cannot blame Russia for the increase in gas prices. What we can, however, blame Russia for is the increase in food prices that we're going to see not just in the next couple of months, but really over the next two years. And I'm, t- I'm here to tell you, I'm not here to cause panic or to spread fear or paranoia, but I am here to tell you the truth. And the fact of the matter is we are going to see a food shortage like we haven't seen in a very, very long time because of what's going on in Russia. There were some video and some photos that I had seen during the uh, Zoom conference with U.S. Senator Roger Marshall which, for those that don't know, again, he's the senator here in Kansas. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. I am so happy he's in Washington, D.C. He's a great personal friend, being that I'm here in Kansas as well. But he's on Fox News all the time. He has really led the charge on a lot of these national issues uh, nationally. and he's, he's taken the reins on this and really been vocal on a lot of different issues against Fauci and COVID-19 as a doctor, by the way, and now with some of the food shortage stuff and with what's going on in Ukraine. There is going to be a massive food shortage because of this war on both ends. Right now, for those that don't know and those that don't know the agricultural industry, which I'm not up to par necessarily with the agricultural industry much as well, but there is a major issue right now because Ukraine is a major producer in corn, wheat, and soybeans. A lot of the grains that we put in foods that we export all over the globe, that's a major major trading commodity all over the, all over the globe as well, and that we use on just about everything. If you have, eat anything, it's laced with some type of grain that includes either corn, wheat, or soybeans. They export like 20% of the global wheat globally coming out of the Ukraine. They can only produce near 10% of what they normally produce. Now, what's that going to do to a lot of the foods that we have? At the same time, on the other flip of the coin, and I'm kind of setting the stage here to really make a great point eventually, so bear with me. At the same time, outside of what Ukraine can't produce when it comes to grains, Russia is producing some, but we've cut off trade with them. We've cut the sanctions with them. We're no longer buying a lot of their stuff. At the same time, on the third triangle of this uh, catastrophe, we have the Black Sea ports that both Ukrainian and Russian commodities, 
usually are being imported and exported from that are completely shut down because of this war. We are going to see a food shortage like we've never seen before globally right now. The uh, This, by the way, was the strategy of Vladimir Putin, the crazy Nazi communist USSR dictator that is uh, running Russia right now that is genociding people in the Ukraine, unfortunately. I'm not talking about the Ukrainian government and their potential uh, uh, corruption. And Zelensky. I'm not talking about any of that. That's a completely different story. There is zero reason for Russia to be invading right now. And with the communist overhaul that he's trying to do to reunite the Soviet Union is causing devastation globally. And we're not just talking about gas prices and oil production. We're talking about food. According to some of the Reports coming into U.S. Senator Roger Marshall's office, and I had some of the audio clips. I didn't want to play it because it was from a Zoom. It wasn't necessarily the best audio. They're going to send us better audio from it that I can play maybe tomorrow or something, but I didn't want to play some of it. But they're calling it the quote-unquote quiet weapon that Vladimir Putin had in store all along. And it starts to tie in. The puzzle pieces are starting to fall into place, and the light bulb is starting to come on about what the real agenda was here. He wanted to become independent. As you heard, we're putting sanctions on him. He says, I don't really care. We're going to be uh, starting our own like currency. We're doing our own thing. I don't want to trade with anybody else. We're just becoming self-dependent, which I said early on is something that maybe we should be looking at instead of being tied to all this global crap. Maybe we should become not isolationist, but maybe we should just become a little bit more self-dependent. That way, if things do happen globally, we're still okay because we're functioning on our own instead of being like, oh my gosh, we didn't get the trade from China coming in. We didn't get those products from China. We didn't get this imported in because we can actually be self-dependent. Vladimir Putin has been planning this all along. And while the sanctions that we've placed on him have been pathetic and a slap on the wrist and a whole lot of absolutely nothing, really proving that the corrupt Biden administration is in cahoots with the corrupt uh, Russian government. He's been playing this all along and it's been the long term game that he's winning. It's not just the oil. It's the food, the quote-unquote quiet weapon that no one has talked about because he has devastated global trade on agricultural products, on grains, on meat, and it's going to be causing a two- to three-year global shortage of food to where even some in our own government are starting to call in what they're seeing in Russia and in China and in the Ukraine is that they're taking food from the hungry to give it to the starving because that's how bad it could potentially get in certain parts of the world. Now, are we going to be able to compensate for it on our end here in the U.S.? I hope so. Maybe we should stop exporting products and just use them domestically to make sure that we're okay here, uh, which would be the smart thing to do. But we have a lot of international demand that goes on, and I don't know if that's going to happen. It also ties in another issue that we just talked about a couple of days ago that really doesn't make sense, or at least it didn't make sense, as we see China locking themselves down for another COVID-19 variant where they're spraying everything down. They're telling people to stay at home. We see the complete deserted streets in China right now. Question is why? Why are we seeing them locked down as badly as they are? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The variants of COVID-19 that we're seeing are less severe than Anything that we've seen before, allowing us to build up a natural immunity, allowing us to continue to do what we do without fears of locking things down because of a severity of another virus. Makes total sense now. China is being one of the first ones hit with the agricultural food shortage, and they're keeping people at home. Don't go to the supermarket. Don't go buy the products. 
Don't go get food for the family. There's not enough to go around. We're going to keep you home and only give you the bare necessities, only allow you to go out and get the bare necessities. China is already beginning to ration their food. And once you tie that aspect into the lockdowns they're seeing with the, and I'm using air quotes for my radio listeners right now, the uh, quote-unquote global COVID-19 pandemic and the new variants, it makes all the sense of the world. It has nothing to do with the COVID-19 virus. It has everything to do with them running short on food and the rationing that they're already preparing to do and trying to keep people at home and not see the lack of food that's gone on the shelves at the supermarkets and the grocery stores. This is a serious deal. I don't mean to bring all the doom and gloom today, but good golly, after hearing that message that we heard uh, on the virtual call today with uh, with U.S. Senator Roger Marshall, it is a very scary situation that many parts of the world are in, and it is going to take a hike on us here. Hopefully, we can keep our shelves stocked here in the United States, and hopefully, we can keep some of our domestic products for our grains and our meats here to be able to keep our shelves stocked and do what we need to do to make sure that we are fed properly, but we're going to see some price hikes. The 8% inflation that we're seeing on everything, that's going to be nothing compared to what we're going to see with inflation on food specifically because of the supply demand that Democrats apparently just don't quite grasp and understand. And there's going to be a lack of supply and a high demand because, well, people still need to go out and get their food and there's not going to be as much of it out there because of this crazy tyrant communist that is Vladimir Putin wanting to cause long-term devastation globally because he wants to isolate himself, become an isolationist nation, be self-dependent, and give his double-barreled middle fingers to the rest of the world as we put little sanctions on him that do absolutely nothing to him. Speaking of sanctions, when we come back from our break, what is the latest that the Biden administration is doing to try and put the little slap on his wrist? We'll talk about that and more when we come back. It's The Voice of Reason for a Wednesday. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. I was watching some of the comments on the social media. Someone made the comment of, I I almost trust Putin more than I do our own government. That's a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Now, I agree with you that I don't trust our government in any way, shape, or form. I definitely don't trust Putin, though. I mean, Putin, we got to remember... Regardless of what all propaganda we're hearing out there, Putin is still the bad guy here. Putin is not good. He is not saving Ukraine from whatever. He's He is still a communist. He's still a USSR KGB agent. He still wants to reunite the Soviet Union. He is a bad, bad guy who's always been bad. We've tried to get along with him for a long time. Donald Trump had a semi-decent relationship with him because uh, they understood that both of them were strong individuals and they realized they had to get along as opposed to trying to pick on each other. Putin understood the weakness of Biden, which is why he tried to do this now under the Biden administration rather than the Donald Trump administration, because this never would have happened under Trump. There was also a comment regarding the Nazis that were in Ukraine, at which that absolutely is correct, and they are causing havoc as much as the Russian army is, where they've done a lot of things. There's been a Nazi regime, unfortunately, in Ukraine for a very long time, and President Zelensky, this is my understanding of it, is not a bad guy. I actually like Zelensky a lot. I think he's overplayed the emotional card a bit with some of the pleas for help, which understandably, because, you know, his country's being bombed and attacked right now. But he got elected with the promise to try and bring unity to Ukraine and stop pandering to the Nazis that were in Ukraine. And unfortunately, they were too strong and politically too powerful, and they kind of overran him, and he wasn't able to bring the peace that was promised. And that's been part of this. So absolutely, during a time of anarchy, stupid people are going to do stupid things, and the Nazi party of the Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian political realm have done some horrible, terrible things. But let's not forget that Vladimir Putin is still a communist that's doing horrible things over there. So the question is, and this is a prime example of it, what are we doing to stop him? Outside of putting sanctions on the oil production and importing oil, coal, and natural gas, what are we doing? I mean, we put sanctions on the banking system. The sanctions on the banking system in the trade financially doesn't even take effect for another three months. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even take effect for another three months. This war could be over by then, and it would have done absolutely nothing to Vladimir Putin during the time of the actual incursion uh, with the military uh, infiltration. Here's the latest in the, I guess, the latest in what's trending. What's trending today? According to the sun.com, the other new sanctions that have been placed upon Vladimir Putin and the Russian government have been placed on the doctor and dancing daughters of Vladimir Putin. I'm going to put this in perspective for you. Vladimir Putin apparently has two daughters. One of them's a doctor. One of them's a dancer. And uh, according to The Sun, the sanctions now have been placed upon the two daughters 
of Vladimir Putin, not the government as a whole, not certain financial institutions to be cracking down on them sooner, not to be, you know, like whatever. We're now putting sanctions on his daughters. You got to remember at the same time that we're putting all these quote unquote sanctions on and we're being tough with Russia and we're going to stand for Ukraine. You got to the Democrats don't give a rip about Ukraine. And that's why we need to remember what kind of propaganda is really floating out there. The Democrats don't care about Ukraine or else they would do a lot more than what they're doing right now. They wouldn't put sanctions on that don't take effect for another two to three months. They wouldn't be focused on Vladimir Putin and his family personally, where it's a little slap on the wrist. They wouldn't be uh, just cozying up to other nations buying oil while they're saying they're stopping the production of oil. These are light, heartless carefree sanctions that mean absolutely nothing to Vladimir Putin that he prepared for. And oh, by the way, the Biden administration, while they're saying they're being tough and putting sanctions on Russia, are still going to Vladimir Putin and saying, hey, can you rework the Iranian deal? Because the Iran deal that Obama put in place that Donald Trump repealed, we want it back. You guys wrote it and negotiated it. Can you do that again for us? So while we're trying to be tough and saying we want nothing to do with you, we want you to actually write some of our contractual deals with other nations like Iran and still be our partner with this against Iran because, you know, we still need you. That doesn't sound to me like we're cutting ties with a communist. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Halfway through the show already. Boy, it flies right on by. Fastest hour of radio on radio, multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. Your millennial general doing what we do, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag. Why? Because, hey, you know what? Sometimes you need it. You ever have that rumor playing sports as a kid? And when you were taught, or maybe you're the coach of a, of a kid now in sports, and you got to teach them the form, teach them how to throw the baseball, how to swing the baseball bat, how to throw the football. It's all about the form, and when they're doing the form wrong, you got to overcorrect a little bit. So we do. We overcorrect to where we can get back to the happy medium in this country because there's just not enough common sense, reality, and reason here in the world anymore. Welcome back into the show. Uh, usually we have a guest today. Krisha Lenzo wasn't able to join us today. We'll get her on the program here again shortly. So just you and I, chit in the chat, sitting at the edge of the bar stool, talking about the latest current events of the world. And boy and boy, are there a lot of them. I want to get to the Elon Musk thing here in a little bit because it's hilarious. The There's already a rebellion going on from the left that are actually on Twitter. A 
afraid of what Elon Musk may do to the social media site. And I find that kind of hilarious. I mean, let's power up, baby. Let's do it. On the other front, let's get into what's trending for the day. What do you say? What's trending today? Outside of the Ukrainian-Russian issue, which is a big issue, obviously, but I don't want to focus the entire show on that. I want to talk about the inner workings of the Democrat Party. That's a very hard concept, and some struggle to comprehend that because a lot of people just, uh, you know. I'm special. No, no, don't. We're not going (laughs) to. not going to call them names. We're not going to do that. But there is a popularity contest battle going on right now because the Democrats have a very difficult time, obviously, winning the popular vote. They are down seven to eight to ten points, depending on where you look at on different polls nationally, going into the midterm elections, as we've mentioned many times before. So I love this is one of my favorite topics to talk about, which is one of the strategies of Democrats to try and work on raising their popularity. They have their base. That's always going to be the base. You know, Democrats are the best thing. Republicans are evil and Nazis and fascists and so on and so forth. All the other crap they try to spread about us, which isn't true. But there are some where you just can't win them over. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what kind of dialogue you have, no matter what kind of comment you make, it's always going to be negative to them. It's like the girlfriend, you know, that, uh, you know, you try and say something and they always find a way to turn it back on you. Or the boyfriend, I guess, if they want to do it that way as well. But no matter what you say, you can never win the argument. There are Democrats out there that are so loony that no matter what you say, they will always find a way to call you a racist or a bigot or some kind of close-minded jerk. So those are the ones we're not talking about. What we are talking about are the Democrat Party winning over the other population. This is not the AOC like, ah, just appeal to the young generation and get rid of their student loans and they'll be happy and be a new voter base for the next generation. No, we're talking about the moderate Democrats that are a little upset with the party right now. Right now, Joe Biden's approval ratings floating around 40%. The disapproval rating of Kamala Harris is around 56 to 60% right now, depending on what poll you look at. And she's desperate to win that back because, again, her goal was in within the first year, let Joe Biden come in, do a few things, screw a few things up, and then say, oh, no, he's incapable of being president. She accidentally fell down the stairs. <laughs> totally don't know how that happened. And that way I can take over and be the most radical president that we've ever seen in our life because, well, I was the most radical senator that we've ever seen in Congress as of at least this point right now. Yeah, we're talking about Kamala Harris. So what did she do? is lately she's been going to children, you know, the sweet, innocent children, you know, holding the babies, kissing the babies, shaking the hands, doing what politicians do best. She's not doing what her job has actually been to do, which has been the task force to handle immigration policy or to have actually trying to handle some of the Ukrainian-Russian incident by going over to Europe and talking with NATO and doing her thing. She's not doing that anymore. We don't hear from her because she is so unpopular, and they realize she's unpopular, kind of like Hillary Clinton, where when she speaks, her approval ratings go down. I don't feel no ways tired. (laughs) She's kind of fallen into that category. So what does she do now? According to FoxNews.com, it's just a couple of days ago, she had to make an appearance to a school because why not? She's a female politician. you got to go to the school and look like you really, really care about the children. Now, she doesn't have any children for herself, so she looks not like the biggest, happy, wholesome family kind of person uh, that many politicians try to look like with their appearance. She has a husband, but that's about it. As far as I'm aware of, at least, they don't have any kids. I, I, I don't know of any. But according to Fox News, she was at an elementary school in Washington, D.C., where she was up on stage and wanted to take pictures 
with some kids. Now, obviously, she had to go to a minority-run school that's predominantly minority because she can't be standing next to white kids or else she'd look like she'd be crossing the aisle and reaching like white supremacist kids or something. So she, of course, had to go to a minority-run school, go and take pictures of them while all of the kids are wearing face masks and she's sitting there showing her big, beautiful smile. Or not-so-beautiful smile. I don't know. Whatever. Taking the picture with all of these kids wearing the masks, and she's not. The question is why. So her uh, her attempt at winning over the popularity of saying, like, hey, I'm out in the public and I'm actually associating with people. She probably took one of the classes that Hillary Clinton did uh, to become relatable to her constituents to try and actually boost her approval. Just her smile looks angering as well. I just I, I, it make me cringe every time I hear her voice or see her uh, do anything in any way she performed. She was at the school and then took the picture with all of these kids wearing face masks, and she wasn't. Now, of course, she got some scrutiny by that of, hey, why weren't you wearing a face mask and why were the kids wearing the face mask? And her response was, well, Washington, D.C. doesn't have a policy mandating mask wearing in the area right now. (laughs) Now, of course, that's the very lame excuse, because if you remember, they released uh, and uplifted the mask mandate for politicians, especially in Washington, D.C., and at the Capitol for the State of the Union speech so that the show that COVID-19 was about over, that we're moving past it, that enough people have gotten vaccinated. So that way we can show, hey, we've done something. Look at the progress that we've made. Last year, we couldn't even do a State of the Union. We had to social distance. We had to wear the masks. We had to get the vaccine. And they did do like a test of, you know, a negative test within like 24 hours or 48 hours of going to the event. But that doesn't mean anything because someone could have sneezed on you in the middle of the night. And therefore, you could have it the next morning and still be going to the Capitol. But to them, they don't look at science. The party of quote unquote science is a party that doesn't actually look at any science. So she goes, she takes the picture. The kids are wearing the mask. She's not wearing the mask, not doing her any favors with the popularity of the common people, because why in the world would you continue to punish the children out of every demographic that we have? The children are the ones that are still wearing the masks. Hence why so many parents are upset and trying to run for school boards all over the country because people are sick of this crap. You know, listen to the not for me mentality. Do as I say, not as I do, because she literally tries to do her cackle, laugh at it, make an excuse and say, I don't have to wear a mask because there's no policy mandating it any longer. While the children are mandated to still wear masks at the school. Now, you look in the crowd, there were very few adults that were in the crowd there as well, actually wearing masks. So, again, only For the children, the children that have to breathe it in throughout the entire day at school, the ones that fidget all the time because they're children and they rub their eyes and they play with the mask and they take it off and on and they probably swap it and share it. The children are the ones being punished in this scenario, not the adults. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that's the way the Democrats actually run. So does this do her any favors? In the Democrat Party and for her popularity ratings, she's still sitting at a 56% disapproval rating, at least on one poll, probably even higher in others. The other part is the fact that half of her staff now, there has been officially 12 staff members that have left the vice president's office because they can't work for her. Anywhere from her chief of staff to her deputy chief of staff to her communications lady to everybody, they have all left because they can't deal with working with her, where they've openly said that they try to 
they try to like give her notes. They try to prep her. They try to train her. They try to tell her what's up. And she gets mad at them for telling her what to do because, by golly, she's told us many a time, she is the vice president of the United States. And why they just won't bow down to her and kneel and kiss her feet every time they walk into the room upsets her, and therefore she doesn't listen to them, so they resign, causing the fact that she still has no clue what she's actually talking about. Now, here's the bigger picture. Nobody in the media is talking about that. Of course, I mean, it's bad publicity for the Democrats and for the VP that they absolutely just love and just gush over all the time. They don't want her to have any bad publicity, but ABC, NBC, CBS, none of them have talked about it in like at all. Like in any minutes of their news broadcast have talked about that there's been the mass exodus in the last year of her staff in her office for the vice presidency. Why? Because it goes deeper into the convoluted mentality that she's actually going to become president soon and get rid of Joe Biden because they need her to be popular. And every time she walks out in public, every time she opens her mouth and makes a statement, every time she does an interview, every time she handles a quote unquote task force, it bombs. It bombs every single time. There's not been a single positive thing that she's been able to do where Democrats even, even Democrats, the base of the party, were like, oh, yeah, she's done great. That was awesome. She really did herself some favors there, and she was able to wake her, wake up the Democrat base. Nobody has said that. The Democrats, they put on the blinders. Oh, here she comes again. All right, can we at least just get through this one? Can she say, like, nothing stupid at least? Can she just kind of ride through this? Can she at least just be halfway normal for us to be able to, like, hype her up and actually do something? Hasn't worked so far. Even when it's the children. The most easy emotional argument that you can make for Democrats is be around a bunch of children, kiss the babies, say that you care about the children, care about their education, you're going to take care of them, you know, the whole raising of children's a community thing, you know, the whole Hillary Clinton talking points. Everything that you could do to make it super easy and you still bomb it by not wearing it. I mean, even if the kids had to wear one and you didn't want one, wear the damn mask just for the photo op. I'm not even advocating for masks, but come on, I'm helping you out, Democrats. If you're going to at least do something, do it to where it's looking all right for the constituents to look favorable upon you. You can't even do that. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit. The woke employees and the woke Tweety users on the Twitter, are they starting to exit themselves because of Elon Musk taking majority ownership? We'll talk about that when we come back. Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I got to admit, there's actually a surprising headline from CNN Politics on CNN.com that kind of blew my mind that there is a nostalgia in politics that people are desperate for, and they want it all to be pre-Donald Trump. They're even even the Democrats are like, can we get past the Joe Biden thing? Can we get past the Donald Trump thing? Can we go back to like the good old times of Barack Obama? And that time, like we missed the good old days in politics. Republicans are like, can we go prior to that? Like way back when to like Ronald Reagan, because we haven't had a decent Republican in the White House really since Ronald Reagan. That was about the last time we had George H.W. Bush that called Reaganomics voodoo economics. So that didn't help us out on the conservative values much. We had George W. Bush that was a big government Republican. And then we had Donald Trump. So we could do Donald Trump. But prior to that, could we go back to like the Ronald Reagan times? Because since then. It's just been struggling a little bit. There's a nostalgia in politics that's just desperately needed, according to some. As CNN wrote a headline, Obama and Romney are back, and it shows how American politics have changed for the worse. (laughs) It honestly kind of shocks me that they would even have a headline like that. Barack Obama was in the White House a couple of days ago doing his, I'm back, and this is great. Look at the American Affordable Act and all the stuff that I did. And uh, Look at me. I'm Barack Obama. And then Joe Biden's like wandering aimlessly around the building like, oh, hey, look at that. Obama's back. Look at that. There's people around talking to him. That's kind of cool. And then Mitt Romney back in the news. Of course, he's going to be supporting the Katanji Brown Jackson hearing for the uh, Supreme Court of the United States because he thinks that she's a stellar individual that doesn't even know the difference between genders of male and female. So that's Mitt Romney. That's Barack Obama. And the politics are just loving the fact that the old school people are coming back. This is why the Democrats have a hard time moving on, ladies and gentlemen. This is exactly why the Democrats have a difficult time understanding the times have changed. Donald Trump shook up that system. It's an entirely different world right now than what it was back in 2010, 2011, 2012, before you know Donald Trump, 2008 when Barack Obama first got into office. Totally different realm of politics now. And they don't know how to handle it, which is why they still have the old guard. They have Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Dick Durbin, uh, uh, Harry Reid's gone, but uh, they have, who's the other guy out of New York? Uh, whatever. They have all these Democrats that still refuse to leave office because they think the old politics are there. And if we just got rid of Donald Trump, they'd come back. Well, guess what? It's not. Politics have been corrupted and they're starting to recognize, well, we need different leadership. We need 
some type of different controller, different messaging, because what we've done for the past 40 years isn't working any longer. So now they have to come to the really, really hard decision. Do they go more radical with the progressive agenda with the AOC new style of Democrats, or they do a completely different fresh face that's running it? Because right now, even Barack Obama coming to the White House isn't changing the way things need to be to boost the popularity for the Democrats. And I find that kind of funny. On the other front, of course, I do want to mention this real quickly with the social media and the Tweety. Uh, Elon Musk taking the majority shares of Twitter with near 10% of the shares, $3 billion investment for, for 9 to 10% of those, and said he's not going to be passive. Many of have expressed their uneasiness, especially within the boards and the employees of Twitter, concerned of what he might do because he's come in saying that he doesn't like the the censorship. He doesn't like the lack of conversation that's going on. He doesn't like what's been happening with Twitter. So what does he do? He buys the majority of the shares and says, says that he wants an active approach and become on the board. And actually, now the board members are all like, yay, welcome. We're excited for a fresh new feel. We're excited for a fresh new take on issues. They're scared because he's going to uphold, upheave everything that they've done. He's going to be the Jesus walking into the temple and overturning all the ta- all the tables because he doesn't like what's actually happening there, and he's going to change it. The Twitter users that have loved the woke mindset, oh, look at that, Republicans, they don't have a whole lot of following. Oh, look at that, conservatives, they're not going to get their message out. We are dominating this platform, baby. That's about to change. Will Donald Trump come back on there? I don't know. It'll be interesting. But now, everybody looking upon Twitter. I highly recommend if you are a conservative and you've gotten rid of your social media, first off, good for you. But if you are on social media but not on Twitter, maybe reconsider it now. Maybe we have that push. Elon Musk changing things up, going to not take that passive approach. And already the employees are walking out. They're already uneasy with the changes he's set to make because they don't want that quote-unquote hate speech coming back on their platform and boy oh boy can you bet you that you're going to see some major changes going on with them because of the quote-unquote the new tweet that some twitter employees have come out with good morning to our new overlord that's what they're calling elon musk now the new overlord of twitter because he's going to actually allow freedom on the social media site the way it was intended to be all the way back when when it first got started that does it for us today. we got a lot more to talk about tomorrow. Stay tuned in. A lot of great guests lined up. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change in your own community. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.